Good morning, heart and soul. Good morning, and thank you for tuning in and staying with us, waking up, leaning over, pressing the remote, whatever it is that you're up to that has us in this together. And thank you, those of you who are present with us today. I am truly, truly grateful to be in community. There's a part of me, there, there are those times when, when I am before you and on mic and I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I mean, I've done my prep and I have my little notes and I've prepared some slides, PowerPoint, and the folks have it so that you can see it at home and so that it will be projected here. And yet I'm not sure what exactly is going to happen. And part of it is because in, there's a moment like now and just before I began speaking when I could feel a shift in me. And it's like, uh, I don't know that I can describe this. It's almost as if it doesn't make sense and this is not what I think, but these are the closest words I can come to it. I don't know what my tongue is going to do. It's... And so, um, and it's a little scary. Uh, that's the truth for me. It's a little scary because, um, because it's just like I haven't been doing this a long time. And um, it's because I'm hard-headed. I probably don't look hard-headed, I hope. <laughs> but I may as well because I am. Somebody's in the back going, mm, kind of, sort of you do. <laughs> And I'm not at all surprised, I'm not offended, because what I know is that I'm hard-headed, that I've been given guidance for decades, and I want to check it with me. You know, I kind of want to review it to see, is this guidance I intend to follow? (laughs) And I know it's divine guidance. And too often, I want to do it my way. I'm like, I don't know, it may not be that bad. (laughs) And some of you are thinking, Reverend Andrea, you've had enough birthdays by now to have realized that that's not going to bode well for you. And it's almost as if I think, but this time, but this time I got it. Last time, I, I, I can see where I went wrong. This time, I got this. I, I got this. You just gone. <laughs> and then I end up at a point of awareness that I had direct access to direct guidance, to divine guidance. And I was hard-headed. I just kind of wanted to do it my way. I wanted to... I'm not even sure what I wanted because it's so false. Does that make sure it's such a false premise Whatever it is I could come up with would be a lie because that's not really what I want. What I want is the divine transformation. What I want is to emerge on the other side of any and every situation and circumstance, evolved, brighter, illuminated, aware, in love, and not at the effect of the dang thing. And yet, you'll catch me at the effect of the dang thing because I persist in being hard-headed. 
And I wish it were as simple as what the elders used to say, because they were very clear. A hard head makes for... If th- that would be the least of my concerns. If that was all, if that was the only consequence, front of the line. But it's not true. There's way more. It's deeper. It's wider. It's more insidious. It affects everything in every way and not favorably. So this is truly an adventure in faith for me. And this notion of us moving forward together, this catches me trying to work it out, trying not to be hard-headed all the dang time. You know, like, really, Andriette, even now? Are you? No, I'm being. Now, I'm, now you see me in a moment of, like, telling the truth. But it's scary because I don't know where this is going. Because there's a part of me that's like, okay, okay, I said it. Now can I get to the slides? Okay, okay, can I, can I just go to the note? Because, you know, the note is a safe place. See, there, everything in the note I've already kind of worked through. Because if I didn't, I probably took it out the note. Because there wouldn't be anything about me that would consciously and intentionally just choose to arrive and strip naked in front of you and work out my stuff. On mic. Preserved on video while this is live streamed. I used to think, have you lost your mind when we were at 42nd Street and, and it was just us in the room? And even then I would think, what are you doing? Why are you telling these people this? And I'd be kind of hoping the little CD recorder thing wouldn't work well. Because, you know, sometimes I think when, when folks would bring back CDs and say, yeah, something's wrong with it. There's nothing on this side. I'd be like, whoo, <laughs> Because I was up there just like true confessional or something. So today, we're going to pretend it's not about me. You know, we started this, and it always is. Okay, we can pretend it's not about me, but it always is. Because where else could it come from? If it's coming through me, if I'm the conduit, if I'm the, if, if I'm the place from which this is entrusted, then it has to be about me. And that's hard for a person like me to just cop. Because I'd rather have it be about, you know, I'd pick somebody, any, meeny, one of you. You know, it's just, it's, I'm telling their story or something. But look, back right after Easter, I was, um, this Easter was interesting because I've been going through some things that I knew was tra- were transformational for me at the core of my being, but Lord knows I was trying to hang on. Just don't take it all. Just leave me some of my ego presence. Because I know that. I know how to ride with her. But this whole new life that is unfolding by right of consciousness is scary. Because I don't know what we're going to call her, who she going to be, where she going to live. Am I just going to give up my house to her? And so Easter brought up something for me. And then I found myself caught in that 40-day period that Scripture records as between the resurrection and the ascension. And we know that during that time, um, during that time, the master teacher returned. 
resurrected and teaching the men. Doc already told you. The women knew what they needed to know. And so he was working with the disciples, calling them into apostleship, which is simply going out, going out doing the thing. You know, as a disciple, you're in in training. You're in the classroom. But there's that moment when when you're out of your internship. Y'all know that moment. (laughs) I just saw a sign. I just remembered a time when in a particular field job I had at that time that after the training, I was still like, I, can I get a little more training? They're like, no, the training's over. You already got it. You passed the test. And I'm like, just a, a little more training. I could review. And what it was was the fear about going out doing the dang thing, being the thing. You, I mean, is any of this making sense, or should I just go back home and work this out in private? <laughs> so, um, so, the disciples are now moving into the apostleship of going out, teaching, telling, being the place where it is. And I'm sensing that that's a scary time, but here's the interesting thing. According to Luke 10, that it wasn't as if the master teacher coddled them. It was like, yeah, you're going out like lambs unto wolves. Like, no, don't tell me that. Like, you need to know. Because you also, here's what I'm discerning in the process of preparing to to shift my life and come share it with you on Sundays, is this notion of we already know. We already know. That's what keeps us often trapped. We already know. We already know that smoking that cigarette is not as neutral as we try to pretend. We already know that telling that lie, even if it's not discovered, it still has consequences because you know. We already know. And we are resistant in our awareness. And so my sense is that in Luke 10, the master teacher is breaking all that up. He's saying, go on in there anyhow. I know these are some people that we've been taught not to be around and certainly not to go into houses and don't eat their food for sure. He's saying, uh-uh, all, no, no, you, you're vulnerable in this. Just strip down and go and be and connect. This is a hard teaching, y'all. Y'all advanced students, so you wondering, Rev, come on now, I entrusted a little something in you and... I was thinking you were more advanced. I'm not. <laughs> this, is, this is where I am. This is what you got. You more advanced, just send me a note. Do something. I don't know, because I'm clearly in need of some, some support and assistance. But what was revealed to me in this was what's required. What's required for us to truly be and do and have what is for us to be and do and have? And it occurred to me as I played with this, I thought, what was he teaching them? Because that's what I, I need to know that. What was he teaching them? And what I came up with is the mastery of our seven senses. And so the last time, let me just say thank you, D. Jacqueline Edwards, Reverend D. Jacqueline Edwards, who was here last week on Mother's Day, who, who 
did all the things that y'all needed. And um, the week before that, the sense, one of the seven senses that I spoke about was sight. I talked about our seeing, and not the ocular system, but our seeing. Our ability to visualize, our ability to perceive truth, to see through the eyes of the divine. Oh, we didn't cut off a big piece to bite. To see each other through eyes of love. Somebody would say all the time, I'm just going to say as often as you can. I'm I'm just trying to keep it real. Just as often as you can, when you remember. Which might be after you just told them off. (laughs) Neck all out of joint. But when you come to yourself, make sure you're in yourself and aware. Oh, that wasn't through the eyes of the divine. Because you're not always going to be present. Well, let me quit pointing my finger at you. I haven't always been present. I, have, I know of so many times, Lord, if I had money for each dime that I set out to say, okay, you're going to have the conversation and you're going to stay calm. You're going to be loving. You're not going to, no criticism whatsoever. It's all going to be just the light and the divine. You will be the divine illumination for this exchange, for this communication. I went right off and led with the criticism. And I could hear her voice. And I'm like, no, stop it. We're not doing that this time. And then she said, and furthermore, (sighs) but can I tell you that's far better than before when I didn't even know, when I didn't even notice what I was up to, when I was clueless. When I felt righteous, I felt like, well, shoot, they need to know. And they're fortunate that an evolved one like me would tell them. (laughs) But it's shifted. It's by right of consciousness, yes? So this notion of seeing through the eyes of the divine and, and being aware of our perceptions, so... I'm going to have to move on. So today we're going to talk about hearing. And for hearing, for us, is, I want to delineate here between hearing and listening. So hearing is simply the process, the function, the power of perceiving sound. Specifically, the special sense by which noises and tones are received as stimuli. So that would be in this moment if there was a big truck. You know how you hear, how you hear a big truck in an earthquake country? Sometimes we think, oh no, that's just a big truck. But you're hearing it at first, and then what happened? You listened. You listened to discern. So while hearing is almost involuntary, you know, you hear noises, it's passive. Listening, you got to engage discernment. 
You're listening ideally in a relationship for meaning. You're listening to discern what, what is this? The difference between your child and somebody else. The difference between your pet and somebody else's. You're listening. You heard the dog barking. Now you listen to see, oh, that ain't mine. That's, that's something else that's happening. Does that make sense? So hearing is about our auditory perception. There's, we, we know the term in one ear and out the other. That refers to hearing. And it helps us ideally to clarify the difference of this, this passive hearing and this active, voluntary, intentional process of making sense of what you hear. Yeah? Okay. So look, I've been, just as a part of my own healing and revelation and retraining my mind, I am a student of A Course in Miracles, and so I want to share an idea with you that is in A Course in Miracles, but specifically in the Urtex manuscripts. And the Urtex is the oldest available typed uh, record of the words dictated by a voice to Helen Shookman. And this was between 1965 and 1978, and it differs somewhat, in some places to a great degree, from the Course in Miracles that many of us would read through the, using the daily lessons of the workbook or even the teacher's guide for that matter. Um, so here's what I have selected for us. The holy instant, and I just want to clarify that the holy instant is not a place in time or space. It is instead a perfect shift in perception. So it's that moment when we what come to ourselves, when we, when we become aware of our di divine alignment, of the truth that is present, even as our erroneous perception has been present up until that moment. Can, can you all see that kind of split second shift where you're you're all in your stuff, your criticism, your, your guilt, or your, your fear, or your whatever it is. And then you have a moment of clarity of the presence of the divine. You better ask somebody, because that moment is the holy instant. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes it really is an instant. I'm just saying But we can string those instances together in our heart. So look, here's what it says. It says that the holy instant is the interval in which the mind is still enough to hear an answer that is not entailed, which is not limited, is not restricted to the question asked. Oh, there's some... Yeah, huh? Just that's just the first two sentences. Because if we had the time, we might want to unpack the question and the answer. We don't quite have time to do that, so I'm just going to mess over it a little bit. It offers something new and different from the question in the holy instant. 
outside of the holy instant, it's all about our question. And us discerning whether the degree to which the answer fits the question. But the question is the guideline outside of the holy instant. Okay, so within the holy instant, though, there's no, it's not time-bound, it's not bound by your question. So the question could be, should I believe her? If bound by the question, there's only a few answers that are going to be acceptable to that asker. The asker of that question, that questioner, has already loaded the deck. Can y'all see this? Y'all too? YouTube? Zoom? Facebook? We in this? All right. Let us know now. Come on. Because... In the holy instant, the question is open for real, for real. And the answer (laughs) could be, I know that your first reaction is, what you talking about, God? Because it may appear to have nothing to do with what you thought the question was. But there's a deeper, there's a depth to the question that you can no longer limit. And the answer is trying to tell you something beyond your little question. Oh, come on. Okay, so we probably going to be on, on hearing and listening for a couple of weeks. Because I can see now that there's, this, is, this is, look here. The course here says, Therefore, attempt to solve no problem in a world, and a world is but the world is but a false perception. And of course, in miracles, just, you know, a quick kind of translation, the idea of this, when it says world, it doesn't mean the universe, it means your false perception, what you think you're living in. Just you, it's your world. It's a world, not the world. All right. So it says... Don't try to solve a problem from your world. It's what Einstein said, that you cannot solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that caused the problem. Your world is caused by your consciousness. So you cannot solve the problem, whatever it is, from there. She said, talking to herself. Here are the answers which will solve your problem because they stand apart from your problems. It says, and see what can be answered. Now, that isn't, that isn't an ocular system C. We're following that, right? That's a, that's a C, that's an inner vision. That's an imagination. That's a, that's a looking through the eyes of the divine, seeing what else can happen here. And what the true question is. Within the world, within the perception, erroneous perceptions, the answers merely raise another question. You're in an eddy. You're in the perpetual question and answer. And none of it is ever going to be satisfactory. No, I'm not reading your mail. I'm not tapping your phone. 
It's spiritual principle. That's how we know. I used to run into people when, when we first started Heart and Soul, there would be people who would say, I used to think you must live in my area. <laughs> or that you were, people were telling you, who did you know that could know? It's just that we're all in this together. And it's not that I know your specific circumstance, but I do, under, it's as hmm, from coming to America, this ain't nothing but ultra-perm. Once you understand how the thing works, you can begin to translate it and you know those, what do you say, the berries and the juices and all that, that ain't nothing but an ultra-perm. If you understand the chemicalization. But if you don't, you think it's special. It's an anomaly. How'd that happen? But if you understand, bring a cosmetologist in there. And they'd be like, oh, those berries interact, the acid from that and this and that. And that. Psh, that ain't nothing but ultra perm. That's what that is. I understand exactly how that happened. So this, in the holy instant, you bring your question to the answer. <laughs> you bring your question to the answer and you receive the answer that is for you in that moment, in that holy instant. There's a song that, that I play on loop. It's Donnie McClurkin's Speak to My Heart. And it really brings me to this awareness outside of, like I didn't learn it from A Course in Miracles. The Course in Miracles explained it to me. Does that make sense? It confirmed, it affirmed. It goes on to say, and this is the last little bit that I'm going to share here, no one can ask another to be healed. Well, first of all, the only way to, to heal is to be healed. No one can ask another to be healed. This is important because it's what it's saying is this is an inside job. So often in our lives, we even now, you thinking sometimes who you going to tell about this talk. Ooh, I hope so-and-so is tuned in because they need this. I'm going to take a picture of the slide. I'm going to text them right now. You missed the next thing I said because you texting so-and-so because Lord knows so-and-so need this. So-and-so needs you to be healed. That's what so-and-so need. You to be focused on your healing because no one can ask another to be healed. But we each must let ourselves be healed and thus offer what we've received. I teach it to learn it. This is me literally as I'm cooking, I'm spooning some up for you. And sometimes I got to snatch it back. Because this, these, this Luke 10, read that long time. Every time there are those scriptures that you know you have to keep up with it if you're listening to me. Because I'll go change it. Why? Because I've evolved. It don't mean that anymore. It means something else. Why? Because I'm in another place on the continuum of my awareness and my knowing. So it's saying the Holy Spirit speaks to you. It does not speak to somebody else. Yet by your listening... 
the voice of the divine extends because you have accepted what he says. What is that but being surrendered and knowing that only love matters? Because what's the synonym for God, for the divine, for the living one, for the strong one, but love? Only love is what matters. Only love is real. What? Only love can heal us. Only love can heal us. Only love. So look, for the one for whom that is true, and I don't mean just read it and identify with it in some readership way, you know, like a fan, but for whom that one, real in Scripture, it would be where you eat it. You know, where you, where you take it on so much to such a degree that it becomes part of you. That where only love is real. <clears throat> now, whenever I say, I, I, I always cut myself some slack, so I'm going to cut y'all some too. So it's just simply the, this idea that absolutely that's the intention. And you get in where you fit in. You know, maybe on Monday you, you weren't able to get none of that. But on Tuesday, as a result of your prayer work, looking at your journaling, looking at how Monday worked out, Tuesday you look more open to it. Tuesday you bring in a little more fervor, a little more energy, a little more interest, a little more passion, a little, more, a little higher intention, let's say, yes? <clears throat> and for that one who is willing to make that shift and have that as the clear intention, for that one, I think Isaiah 65 and 24 says something else. So come, hear it. Hear it with me. And it shall come to pass for that one, for the one who's in a consciousness of only love matters. I know that I am seeing red, purple, and green when I think about what you did or what you didn't do or what I thought you did. And I can't hear from you that you didn't even do that. Am I the only one? Okay. But when I can get to a place, an awareness of, yeah, I got all that. And only love matters. That happened. We're not going to deny that you had that experience or that it broke your heart or that it so pissed you off. In the most spiritual way, I say pissed. In the most spiritual way, it pissed you off. So you own that. And then you also own that only love matters. 
I see why we don't do this. Because if you said the line starts here, I can just see everybody rushing up to let go. You're like, no, I'm going to let them stew in that a little while. I'm a first. I'm coming, but I need to tell them first. <laughs> I need to express my true feelings. They need to know how they hurt me. I know only love matters, but we, we don't want to put the cart before the horse, do we? <laughs> but for the one who is willing, for the one who is there, for that one, and it shall come to pass. Now, if you know the rest of it, I'm going to ask you to wait for me because I'm going to work this out my own pace. For that one, and before that one calls. Now, when you, when you use the, 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 the lexical, when you, when you use it, it and you're looking at um, what the Hebrew, the original, the original Hebrew words meant, you begin to get a sense that before they call really means cry. Before they cried out, before they proclaimed. You, you see what I'm saying? So you're not crying out and proclaiming just in passing. This is for the one who is in the situation, in the circumstance. Let me pause here. This is why I told you don't go ahead with the rest of the scripture. I need you to wait for me. It's because... Consider this, not because, but consider this. You don't have to believe it, just consider it. That the answer doesn't come until it's absolutely needed. So years ago, I was, I recall using this idea from the film Raiders of the Lost Ark. And there's that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Some of the old timers already know. Y'all already know how this go. You understand that there's that moment where he's standing at the precipice. And there's the, there's the gulf. There's the gap. There's the, and you're like, ain't no way to get over there. And what occurred to me is you don't need a bridge if you're not going nowhere. If all you're going to do is stand on the edge and wish, stand on the edge and curse, stand on the edge being mad and upset that you're on the edge, but for the one who can know that only love, that there's no way that I'd be brought to this precipice and not have a way, and there not be a way made, that there not be a next step laid out for that one, the bridge appears. For that one, do you? But if you're not there, you can't. You just look at other people who get the bridge and be mad. When the key is to transform our own thinking and divine availability to understanding that what Tammy Hall only love can heal. But as long as Reverend Andriette, you think it's you, as long as you think that you need to have a little say in this first, you just need to clarify a few things, then I'm going to go. That ain't how it works. So it's for the one who gets it, for the one who is. And sometimes the folks we can look to, 
is the folks who've decided that they don't have any other option. Come on now, because as long as we got options, we play them. But for the one who realizes that they're, what? Their back is to the wall, and they feel like, you know what? And sometimes it comes down this simply. I may as well. (laughs) I may as well. I tried everything else. They're getting ready to repossess the house and the car. Whatever it is. I'm getting divorced anyhow. I may as well try love. (laughs) We've already fought at the attorney's office. I leapt across the table and all the stuff. So now I may as well just try love in this next conversation. At the children's school, I may as well just try love with the teacher instead of all I've been trying. It's that moment for that one, because that's a holy instant. That's a holy instant when we see that it's not us. (coughs) I just have to say, spirit likes hollering at y'all. I don't. I'll never holler at y'all. But her, look, and so it shall come to pass that before that one, the one who knows and is grounded and is practicing this principle, before that one calls, cries out, proclaims, cries about it, all of that, I will answer. I will, and it's not just answer like, yeah, what you, what, huh, not that. It translates to support. Respond, help. That's what answer means in this context. I'm just trying to help us here. And while they, that one, while that one, while she is yet speaking. Oh, see, I love that part. I don't know that I fully understood it. But while she is yet speaking, while she is forming the words in her, while she is forming the words in her mouth, she don't even have it out yet. He hadn't even decided how it's going to end yet. While that is happening, that one is, because of that holy instant, because of that energy, because of that consciousness, that one is commanding and declaring. While they are yet speaking, they are commanding and declaring. And I will hear. And here in this context is give earnest heed. I just like the way that sounds. Give earnest heed. Translates to me, I'm going to be all up in it. I'm going to be all up in that cry out, that proclamation. Why? Because of that consciousness that called it forth. I will hear, I will listen, I'll obey, I will take action. But that happens.
But that only happens out of an invitation. This is why I love that song. Donnie McClurkin, speak to my heart. Speak to my heart, Lord. Give me the holy word. If I can hear from you, the lyric says, then I'll know what to do. If I, when I hear from you, then I'll know what to do. <clears throat> because what? I'm waiting to hear. That's what that scripture is about. The song says, give me the words that will bring new life. Words on the wing of the morning, the dark clouds will fade away when you speak to my heart, Lord. Can you feel the opening in that, in the lyricist? When you, when that happens, when you speak to my heart, that's when it all shifts. And that lyricist understands, I think, what Isaiah 65 and 24 says. Because it sets up the order of things. It sets up that, that we must believe, that we must shift our consciousness. And then, what does it say? Give me your holy word. If I can hear from you, then I'll know what to do. I won't go alone. I'll never go on my own. Just me. Which is how we started out, with just me running it. I won't even be trying that anymore. I'll never just defer to my good idea. I'll be checking in to see what is for my highest and best. You know, sometimes the prayer, I want to be sure we're clear about the order of things, of our listening and our willingness to believe and be so committed that there's an answer. It's knowing that there is an answer, no matter what. Being so clear that within us is the knower that knows. <clears throat> that our prayer could well be, just order my steps. Just order my steps. Right now, I just... I'm so, so grateful. I always feel as the minister and the primary speaker at Heart and Soul that the music, and I'm a lyric person. You know, I love and can recognize good music when I hear it. And Tammy Hall is a master and such a treasure for us. <laughs> such an absolute treasure. And I got to say, I'm a lyric girl. Wears me out, wakes me up, takes me to sleep. And so there's something about invoking that only love is what matters. And that only love is real. And that only love can heal us. 
And then to follow that with this, this notion that if my steps are ordered, that I'll be all right. Just speak to my heart and offer divine guidance. And so right now we just, we just move ourselves in whatever way is required so that we open ourselves to the divine. We know that it's present, so we're not making a major movement. It's not a physical shift. It's opening our heart, our heart-mind, to be aware that indeed there is one life and that the one life is the living one, the strong one, that it's the divine cosmic ray, that it is the creative process, that it is the all and all by any name and any descriptor. We know that we can synthesize it to love, that only love is real, that love is the beginning of all life and all living experience. Oh, how good and very good it is to just recognize that I am living the life of the living one, the strong one. And that the living one, the strong one is living me. That I am breathing the breath of the living one, the strong one. And the living one, the strong one is literally breathing me. That it's only life. And that is breathing me. Oh, knowing that somebody is breathing deep right now, just in the divine awareness that each and every one of us is breathing the breath of the divine, breathing the love that is only love can heal. It's the healing breath that each of us is breathing. And what we're adding to it right now is the divine intentionality, the divine awareness, the openness for divine guidance, the, the perfect appreciation for the presence of the divine in all as all. Oh, what I know is true is that right now, these very words, where they go and how they are linked together. I know that the divine is guiding that because I let go and I'm letting the divine open to divine guidance, calling out for order my steps. Order my steps in this word. Lead me. Guide me. Every day, in every way, always. And so knowing this, I declare that health and well-being is now expanded in its expression for everyone within the sound of my voice that there is a divine awareness and appreciation, a willingness of falling away of resistance and a presence to divine guidance that in its presence, it is the love 
that is the healing presence, <clears throat> the healing source, the healing dynamic. If there is a healing mechanism, this is it. It's divine love. If there is a healing intention, it's, this is it. It's divine love. So I just rejoice. I rejoice in thanksgiving for the divine healing that only the healed can do. And so I'm, I'm, I'm calling out. I'm accepting in. I'm opening myself. I'm standing in the gap for anyone awaiting a healing, for anyone crying out, for anyone willing to avail themselves of the divine presence. Anyone willing to know that only love matters, that only love can heal, that only love is real. I stand in the gap willing to know for anyone who is making, who is shifting their consciousness, who is willing to have this revealed in their life. Top to bottom, side to side, in and throughout, a perfect awareness and experience of the divine. Seeing, hearing, listening, responding. Oh, I just give thanks. I give thanks. It is an absolute perfect gratitude for all that has been revealed, for the presence of the divine, for the divine guidance. I give thanks. And then I let go, releasing this word into the perfect activity of law. I accept it as so. Now and forevermore. And I seal it by simply saying, Ashe, Amen. And so it is. Thank you.